All right, welcome to the At-Bat Baseball Podcast presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news, as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez, along with Miles Porter. How was your week, man? Good. It was good. Oh, yeah? And then uh, I know you had a good week. I saw some of your stats uh, for your uh, Milwaukee Jaguars uh, season debut. How was that, man? Give us a little bit of insight on uh, your personal and also how the team do. Hey, we had a we had a good start. We had a really good start to the season. Um, you know, very good first game, very good opening game, and then uh, an even better, an even better uh, second game to open up as well. I mean, that, that, that was our third game uh, on Sunday, but it was you know it was it was great. We're off to a three zero start. We're feeling good uh, defensively. I feel great is uh, the most in shape I've ever felt playing at third base. So you know, I just I'm loving it. I'm one of the older guys now on a, on a pretty young team, even at 25 years old. But I'm loving it. It's loving. Oh yeah, what, what, how many uh, runs did you knock in this weekend, or how? What was your what was your batting average up to this point? Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, so it was a good start. It was a good start on Saturday. Nice little two for five, uh, drove in a run. Uh, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, took a took a nice a nice fat old over, but hitting the ball hard. This <laughs> uh, is baseball, man. Just hitting the ball hard at people, and you know, apparently, I got called out for interference on a oh, swing my. while the runner was taking second. All I did was swing the bat, and the catcher just fell into me. But I was called for interference, so I was called out on that. But oh, I had a stolen my. base on Sunday as well. So uh, for people who don't know, I'm really fast. Hey. <laughs> Miles has speed. Miles has wheels, if anybody's wondering. Uh, <laughs> but, no, it's awesome, man. I mean, and then you, you guys play – how often do you guys play? Is it every weekend? Yeah, pretty much pretty much every weekend. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of weekday games as well. It's a very, very competitive week uh, for a lot of guys. This is like summer collegiate ball. Um, for other guys, this is them, you know, still playing and hoping to get back to some sort of affiliate ball. Um, and it's just, it's amazing. It's very, uh, it's very, very competitive baseball. So it's very, it's, it's fun. And last year, who who won it all? Because I know I was looking at a little bit of uh, the. It's called the Land of Lakes, uh, yeah. Right, uh, and so who won it all last year? Oh, I forgot who I forgot who it was last year, but mm-hmm. I remember I forgot their name. But I remember when we played them, it was one of the best games of the season, just because of how intense it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot not... which team that was that one. Oh no, it's it's all good. No, yeah, it sounds pretty cool, man. I mean, yeah, like it's cool to have like the mixture of all those players all in one spot like that um so yeah no yeah best of luck the rest of the way but we'll keep we'll keep tabs um and uh in a couple of weeks i'll ask you about your woba and your war and all that <laughs> sounds good, sounds good. <laughs> i'll make sure it be solid up to that point all right but, all right so uh, we'll start things off on the north side of chicago the cubs uh currently 17 and 24 entering uh obviously this will air on wednesday but this is entering we're recording on a tuesday uh, they, they played the Pirates last week and they look great. Cause I mean, I mean, the Cubs are just good against the Pirates when it comes to scoring, uh, not necessarily series wise, they're still four and five against the Pirates, but I saw something ridiculous. Like they like outscore the Cubs or this, the Cubs outscore the Pirates 51 to 22, <laughs> but they're still four and five against them in the season series. I mean, if that doesn't sum up the Cubs uh, season, I don't know what does. Uh, cause the, I, when I look at the Cubs, uh, run differential compared to like a lot of teams, it's actually pretty good for, for like a bad team. Uh, yeah, absolutely. so, uh, that, you know, but yeah, the pirates, I, I don't know what it is in the first game. I believe the first game was n- uh, nine, nothing. The second game was seven, nothing. Um, but yeah, no, they were just, they weren't able to complete the sweep. Um, uh, and of course it was more of a David Bednar, the Cubs arch nemesis, uh, <laughs> with his, which, uh, which uh, another thing with him too, is I saw, 
Um, he ha- he has he's the only uh, pitcher in Major League Baseball to have multiple six inning saves, which is kind of funny when you're like playing for like the Pirates because it's like yeah. they're like they're just like all right, whatever. Let's see what this guy could do and just put him out there for six. Right. Uh, but then the Cubs played the Diamondbacks, and, and so after the Pirates game, they obviously they won three straight series, which is insane for this Cubs team. Um, and then they played the, the Diamondbacks and lost three out of four. Um, and we, we were talking a little bit about it, texting a little bit over those games. I mean, it, it, it really not much to say because it was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they had that game where Josh Rojas hit three home runs. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, which, which like just it's just it, it when i was i was uh telling other buddies so i'm just like dude that's just baseball right it's just it's just the most baseball like stuff that happens in some of these games like th- that game had 11 yep. home runs which is just the yep. fourth time ever that happens at wrigley um it, but yeah like what were your thoughts when you were watching that like josh rojas just hitting tanks at wrigley oh my gosh it was uh and i, I remember i remember looking into that game then forgot that i had my own game but the wind was blowing pretty hard that day as well. So anything that's hung uh, and hit in the air on a windy day at Wrigley Field, it's 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 such a hitter's hit a hit, uh, hitter's ballpark. And you know, Josh Rojas, all power to him. He it was as as a baseball fan, it was fun to watch just to see him just <laughs> he just bullying just bullying the Cubs pitching. I thought it was awesome. Me personally, just as a fan in general, not awesome as a Cubs fan. But uh, you know, it's just one of those days there are there are multiple days that we can look back on at uh at Wrigley and just look at a player who comes to town and just he's just he's just setting the ball over the wall consistently like two three times a game and you know it was just one of those days and you know unfortunate for the pitching but you know I think still fun for a baseball fan to watch yeah definitely and and, and the thing is too with that was um Hendricks continues to struggle and um that's just tough I mean overall in the past like you know, dating back to at least like last April and possibly even before, but like he's been struggling for a while now. Um, and it's just tough to watch. I mean, you talked a little bit about his pitch, pitch selection. Yeah. Um, what are like a couple of things that you saw, at least in the Diamondback series or just in general that you're seeing uh, that just aren't working out for him right now? Yeah. So with, with Hendricks, he is, he is a heavy contact pitcher. He's not, his, his style of pitching isn't really to strike hitters out more so get weak contact. So with that being said, there isn't a lot of velocity that comes with Kyle Hendricks. That's okay. So what he has to do is depend on his breaking pitches to move. Um, and what we saw the other day, his breaking pitches were not moving. So anything that is that he leaves over the plate that does that, that has no break to it or isn't isn't you know going from one spot to another out of his hand, it's no different than batting practice for a hitter. It's really the same exact concept, same speed out of his hand than a player, uh, you know, practicing before the game, he's just leaving it up there for them. So for Kyle Hendricks, it is, it is imperative for him to have movement on his pitches and properly locate. Cause if that's not the case, he's going to get, he's going to get hit very, very hard. Um, so that's what I've been seeing from him, but he's such a, he's such a veteran at this point. I'm expecting him to put it together. I really am. Um, but in the meantime, it's it sucks to watch it sucks to watch because he is he is such a great player uh that we all love to watch pitch um you know i think i think it's just one thing where he just has to figure it out a little bit this year and you know plenty of plenty of season left <laughs> we're we're only in may still but uh you know you don't want you don't ever want to see that 
Yeah, and, and you're right in, in the way he pitches and the way he's always pitched, and, and it's almost his whole career he's had a yeah. lot of success. Um, but he is, yeah, like, and for to, to some people that don't know, like, necessarily Kyle Hendricks or have seen him pitch, like, I always try to tell him, like, if I'm watching a game with my brother or something, I'm like, this guy's always going to get hit. It's just about, mm-hmm. like, it's just about controlling, like, how hard they hit it or where they hit it. And he's been pretty good on like you know you know getting guys out overall in his career, but these past couple of seasons they've been hitting the ball way harder and they've been hitting the ball over the wall. So yeah. um, it's kind of tough. And hopefully he finds it. Yeah, well, he's had he's had seasons before like this where he starts off really slow and then goes off to have like a you know a sub threes you know two something ERA you know for the exactly. rest of the season. So hopefully he's able to find it because um, he's the main the main guy. He's like the ace on there, so um, hopefully he's able to find it. Um, but one guy, though, that I will say is hot. Uh, so the Cubs were able to salvage uh, game four uh, to avoid the sweep, um, and they had uh, back-to-back home runs from Frank, Schwind- Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom. So Schwindel was in full effect. Uh, yeah. And I, and I, I was uh, – doing a deep dive on, on just multiple teams, not just the Cubs. I was looking at the or, uh, the White Sox as well. But um, what I found interesting is how hot Patrick Wisdom is right now and how good mm-hmm. he's been playing this season, actually, overall. Because I know it's like one of those things that you look at his batting average and you're like, 219, how is he playing well? But uh, he actually had he has 20 barrels this season. It might have changed. This is like Sunday. I think I checked this on Sunday. might have changed since then. But he has 20 barrels, which puts them in the top 2%. Uh, of Major League Baseball and has an average exit velocity of 92.4, which has him in the top 8% of the league. So he puts that puts him like in the category with like those guys like Aaron Judge, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, even Wilson Contreras is up there with uh, in exit velocity this year. He's crushing yeah. the ball, obviously. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. This that's another and that's another guy too that um, I was gonna say that uh, if the Cubs they they have him for another year, but it's another guy that the Cubs might consider moving at the trade deadline. Um, because I know he he'll probably sought after. Um, especially because of his age. Like I think if he was a little younger, they might be like, oh, we got another year of him. We'll we'll see what you know what happens. But yep. him, him turning, he's gonna turn thirty one in August. Um, they might look to deal with him. But uh, what do you think so far about Patrick Wisdom's season? And like, what what have you seen from his approach at the plate? What do you think has made him like, you know, keep up? what he was doing last year. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of the year, he was actually scuffling a bit. Um, a lot of, a lot of swing and misses. I think I'm seeing a little bit more patience out of him. Um, he's doing a great job of turning on baseballs as well. Anything uh, that's kind of left, you know, in or middle in or up and in, in a lot of cases, he's turning on these pitches. So, you know, he, I just, I love how he hits the ball with so much authority. Uh, he's a really gifted player when you look at his ability um, and even as, and even defensively as a third baseman, his arm across the infield is wicked. And he has a, he has a rifle that he has. Um, I think he's just settling in. I think that's really, yeah, I think it's, it's a case of a lot of players who have struggled at the beginning of this season. Cause it was a little bit of a weird start, um, but many players have settled in. And I think, you know, Patty Wise is just one of the examples of players who's like, okay, cool. You know, now we're getting into it. May 24th, I'm starting to feel good. He has a rhythm going. And that's, you know, that's what I'm seeing from him. I think he's just getting more comfortable. And honestly, with him, I think he's just going to get better as the season progresses as well. Uh, I'm not surprised at anything I'm seeing. I'm super proud. It's very fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys that, like, you know, I, I don't necessarily think he'll be in, in a home run derby unless he hits like 10 more home runs until it right. like, goes crazy or something. But it, it's one of those guys that I'm sure is pretty fun to watch during batting practice because all, all the pitches he makes contact with, if he makes really good contact, obviously he's barreling balls, but 
I mean, he smashes them. They go a long way. Yeah. Um, so another thing, too, was uh, Contreras' meltdown. He had a meltdown. I believe it was in game three. It was on Saturday. Um, uh, but, yeah, he, he got called uh, out on a, on a strike that was it looked like a ball, um, from, at least from TV on there. Um, and he uh, <laughs> uh, made a circle around the uh, home, home plate or kind of like showing him where he got it, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, but you saw, the, I mean, you saw that one. You saw that play, right? Yeah, yeah. I, just, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I honestly, gosh, I don't want Wilson to leave. I, I just, I love his passion. Um, you know, I'm, and that was, you know, I, I looked at the stats of that. That pitch was 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 uh, within the margin of error with a lot of umpires. But you know, as a hitter, a ball is a ball. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think, and I think Wilson, for the most part, has been very, very patient with a lot of these calls this year, whether it is on him or whether he's behind the dish catching, I think Wilson has been pretty patient. So after a while you have enough. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, I just love how he just, you know, as soon as, as soon as he got tossed and, you know, David Ross comes in and steps in and love how he draws a little circle and slams his bat down and tosses his helmet. I love that. I, I love every second of it um, because I feel like with, with Wilson, it's very warranted. He's a very fiery player. He's a very passionate player. But in my opinion, I, I don't think it is too much. I don't think he's dramatic. I just think he really cares about the game. He's extremely passionate about every single pitch, every single play. So after a while, you know, when the umpires are kind of screwing up, you know, you have enough, especially when you're down in the game. You don't want that. So, you know, as Wilson, this Wilson being Wilson, and, you know, we all, we all appreciate him for who he is and, I have no problem with it at all. No, yeah, I mean that's one of the I think probably one of the best um, uh, Contreras meltdowns uh, I think yeah. I've seen. So, yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's yeah, it's one of those things where when, when those types of things happen, I'm like, dang, yeah, I'm gonna miss his uh, enthusiasm, the fieriness, and stuff like that. Because, <sighs> yeah, I mean, it it is you know it is what it is. It sucks, but he's probably yeah probably gonna be gone soon. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll enjoy it while we can. Uh, so uh, the Cubs, uh, like I said, were able to win the last game against the Diamondbacks, but lose that three out of four. And then uh, on Monday, uh, they opened the series against the Reds. Um, Drew Smiley had a great outing. A wisdom homered again. That's homer in, in uh, homer in four straight. Uh, Ian Happ, who loves hitting in Cincinnati, nearly hit two home runs. He hit one though, um, and is just uh, looking good at the plate overall. Uh, the Cubs, like I said, seventeen and twenty-four. They now uh, have three more against the Reds. And then they have uh, two against the White Sox in uh, the second and last uh, Crosstown series, which we'll get into a little bit uh, later. Um, but now uh, we'll shift over to the White Sox, who are uh, 21 and 20. Um, they had a series win and a couple series wins, a couple big series wins, um, honestly, uh, here in May. Uh, they, had a, uh, they played a big five-game series against the Royals due to rainouts and all that. Uh, so they won three games out of five, and then they played the Yankees and won two out of three, and that series was epic. Um, so, it, I think the way they bounced back uh, with this, you know, with that series win against the Royals to start off the week was really good. Their offense still is a little bit inconsistent. They had the the two losses kind of showed that there. Um, I know one of them uh, came in a double header, but um, still frustrating. I know uh, when I talked to um, Herb Lawrence last week, he was talking about how, or we were talking a little bit about how 
Um, they the lineups have been so different every day. Like I think they had it was the 35th game of the season at one point that they had 35 different lineups. I believe somebody from CHGO tweeted that out, and it's just like that's that's I don't know if I've ever seen that before, so or heard of that before. But um, yeah, that's that's wild. Um, yeah. But for uh, for you personally, looking at that series against the Royals or just in general, um, have you have you seen something different with the offense, or is it kind of the same problems over and over again with the White Sox? Um, like, what did you see there in in, in uh, early on? Well, I think I think I'll start defensively. Defensively, I think they're starting to clean it up a bit, which has made a big difference. Um, offensively, I'm not seeing too much difference here um but I do like I do like Andrew Vaughn a lot I do think that he's been uh, a pleasant surprise for the White Sox you know I mean hitting a modest 277 but I think for the White Sox right now I think take it um but defensively you know I think that they have stepped it up just a little bit throughout those series um which has made a big difference um because you know if if offensively we're still not there yet uh and and the defensively, our, our pitching is still, you know, trying to figure it out. We, we, we have to be good in the field. We can't be kicking the ball around. So I think that also has made a good difference as well. Um, you know, I know we're going to get to it, but, you know, Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson, I think that you know, has a lot to do with some of this fire going on as well because those emotions run deep. So, yeah. No, yeah, that, that like the – the Yankees White Sox series, like I said, was crazy. I mean, for multiple reasons. Uh, more, um, obviously, uh, the controversy with Donaldson and Anderson, but to, to the baseball first is just how the White Sox were able to beat them two games out of three. I think was ginormous because of how how good the Yankees are. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, big series win for the White Sox. Um. And, but yeah, for the Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson, uh, for all those who don't know, uh, Tim Anderson uh, went. Uh, I believe he uh, he slid into third base or something, and Josh Donaldson uh, they were uh, chatting and saying something to each other. But Josh Donaldson said or called uh, Tim Anderson uh, Jackie, like Jackie Robinson. Um, like I think he, I think I don't, I'm not exactly sure the words he used. Uh, I think uh, Donaldson said it in an interview, but yeah. Uh, all in all, he called uh, Tim Anderson Jackie. Uh, Josh Donaldson said that uh, the reason he called him that is because Tim Anderson called himself that in an article, I think back in uh, in an interview back in like 2019 or something like that. Um, but first of all, I'm going to let you go first and talk about your uh, what what you saw, what you heard, and what your overall thoughts are on the situation. Go ahead. Yeah, so this is... This is this is an interesting situation going on right now with them. Um, you just for someone who has an issue with you the way Tim has an issue with Josh Donaldson. What are you saying that for? Like what what is what is the purpose of that? Uh, I, I don't. I, I, in my opinion, if if I'm if I'm Tim in that situation, that probably comes off a bit sarcastic. Um, so I don't think, you know, I just think it was kind of distasteful for the for the issues that they're having. Um, don't do that. Don't call him any name. Don't don't. <laughs> he doesn't like you. That is, I don't understand why uh, he thought that that would be smart. And you know what? I like that Rondall had uh, you know stepped up for him as well. That, that and that is such a uh, you know that's, that's such a, a powerful topic uh, for a lot of players of color. Um, 
when someone says that, they don't they don't say it uh, as a joke. They say it as you know they feel like they're a leader of a of a new generation in terms of bringing newer excitement. Um, now, if he said that as a joke, whatever. But you got to know the climate between you two. That's not that's not the right the right thing to do. That's not the right thing to say to to him. Um, and I really think probably in general. So, you know, a one game suspension from the MLB. Sure, I think I think that's fine. I know Donaldson is is appealing it, but uh, just not 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 the time, not the place. Never again. Don't do it. So that's that's really where I'm at with that. I just I just think it was just, just a terrible terrible thing to say, and you know it shouldn't happen again. Oh no, yeah, I completely agree. I mean. And it's one of those things where the like the way he the way Donaldson said it like oh we even had that joke before like I I don't know if I'd necessarily believe that uh, like like I don't know it's just like the way he, he says it he he had that kind of look on his face like you know like like he's kind of bsing so I don't know if he were, if it was really a joke I think Tim Anderson would have taken it because he seems like such a like you know uh, like guy likes to goof around and mess around and stuff like that but yeah he doesn't like you especially now he's not the time to make a joke. Um, because of right. the, yeah, their situation is, you know, the, I don't think there's is any time for joking there, but, uh, when you're saying stuff like that is spe- specifically, like, I think you're better off just not saying that type of stuff because it's like, no matter what, somebody can take it the wrong way. Right. So if, if you know yeah, exactly. that if, 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 if there's any room, like the, any room for, oh, maybe this might be taking, you know, this might be taken, uh, as racist, or this might be taken as this or that, like, you're probably better off not saying it. You know, right. like even even yeah. if you guys were joking or whatever, like if 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 that was a joke, then let Tim Anderson make it. Like let let him talk about it or joke around yeah. about it. But if you think yeah. somebody's gonna take it a certain way, then yeah, like you're probably not you're better better off not saying it. And of yeah, course, exactly. in that in that situation, uh the bench is cleared. Um and of course there was more, a little more like you said with uh Grandal, there was a little more arguing there. Um yeah, it was cool to see. I mean, it was cool to see uh Grandal stand up for his guy and um you know not take uh Donaldson's uh BS there and and you know, good to see the league to suspend Donaldson it's, it's, I think better than nothing. Uh, I think yeah, the, yeah. I think and it I think uh it'll remain a one game uh suspension regardless of the appeal. Um Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. But yeah, and and as you said before, it probably helped in, in, in the grand scheme of things with the White Sox firing them, firing them up, um, yeah. especially for the 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 Sunday doubleheader because they were able to sweep the Yankees in that doubleheader and win that series yeah. two games out of three. Big, um, big. Yeah, so Tim Anderson ultimately won that that battle this weekend, and mm-hmm. he was absolutely clutch, uh, hitting big big hit after a big hit and. That, that home run on Sunday night baseball, I mean, that just shut down New York City. I mean, that was yeah. an oppo, uh, you know, bomb, and it was it was awesome to see. Um, also, another thing too was uh, Kopech. I think he dazzled on Sunday night baseball. I mean, he's he's putting it together. He's putting it together this season, and it's you know he's awesome. He has like an opponent's batting average of one twenty two right now. Um, and also, I saw that he's in the ninety uh, first uh, percentile for expected batting average. Um, and so he's, he's killing it. Um, and for you, when, in, in your view, what did you see in that Sunday performance, uh, that you've seen throughout the whole season? I mean, Kopech's nasty. We've, yeah. we've known that for a couple of years now, yeah. but he just seems like he's like in the zone. And it's funny because sometimes it looks like he's not even like 
and he's even, he made me in some comments too. Um, he doesn't even look like he's satisfied with the stuff he's throwing sometimes. Like he almost right. knows, he knows he can be better, which is yeah. scary. Cause it's like how much better this guy can be. Um, but yeah, what, what did you see on Kopech? He's, uh, he, he's becoming a full pitcher now. He's becoming a full big leaguer at this point, not just depending on his fastball, which we know that he has a very explosive fastball out of his hand, but I'm realizing, you know, I'm, I'm watching him mix his pitches, um, you know, I think it was a curveball or slider that, he, that he's throwing a lot now uh, away from hitters or in on lefties. It's just, it's great. He's probably missing, mixing his pitches and, you know, he's controlling the pace of the game. So, you know, and, and when you, when you watch Kopech in, in years past and, you know, he's had an arm injury, you, you, you cannot help but just root for this guy. And this is just something that I think pretty much every, every Sox fan has expected out of him, um, you know, it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. He's just he's just becoming a, a mature full pitcher now, and he's pitching like a big leaguer. And it's you know the success is showing, mixing his pitches, keeping hitters off balance. Um, <laughs> that's the key right there. That's the key to you know succeeding in the big league. So you know, you know all all power to him. That's amazing. It's amazing. So you know he's just he's just coming into himself, and it's only going to get better from here going forward. Yeah, and, and I think also is what, every time I look at the White Sox staff in general, like on paper. And then I, I think of going into the postseason, if healthy and, you know, every guy on there, I mean, that is probably the best rotation in the postseason on paper, you yeah. know, going into a series. It's, it's, yeah. it's just, you know, you got Cease, you got, you know, Kopech, Giolito, Lance Lynn, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, those, it's four really good starters if everyone's on their game. Um, yeah. You know, because you really hope that Lance Lynn comes back and he's, you know, last year, he's the last year's Lance Lynn. He was um, so fun to so watch he, last year. Yeah, yeah. Man. So um, it's going to be really, really fascinating to watch the rest of the, of the way and into the postseason. Because I expect, you know, there are still a couple games behind the, the Twins still early. I think the Twins are going to falter a little bit later on in the season. I still think the White Sox are going to win uh, the division. But it's going to be a good race to watch overall. Um, and, uh, another thing too, was, uh, Johnny Cueto finally, uh, made his, or, um, his first two starts, obviously the first last week against the, the Royals and he was really good. And, and then again, he followed that up with another great start against, uh, the Yankees. And I mean, he's been looking pretty good. 12 innings, uh, eight hits, no runs. Um, he's got a FIP of a uh, 210. So he's, you know, doing well so far, hopefully quick. Cause that'd be huge. That would be really huge if Cueto can step in, um, and yeah. be that, you know, that be that guy. Yeah. Um. And and it you know it'll be uh fun to watch him. I mean he's always been fun to watch. He's the type of guy who's just like goofy on the mound and does yeah. a bunch of moves. So. He fits that Sox culture too. I yeah. think he's oh, good he, for that 100%. Sox culture. I think he fits that team like a glove. So I, it's a great pickup for him. Oh yeah. That, no. That, that, and I also it's one of those guys that I'm like, man, why did it take so long for somebody to pick him up? I think somebody could have used right. him, right? Yeah. So uh, it's it's good to see there. Um. And then I saw a tweet from Christopher Kamka, too, that said on Sunday night uh, was just the fourth time this season the Yankees have scored one runner less at home, and uh, half of those came in Sunday's doubleheader uh, with the Sox winning game 1-3-1 to and 5 to nothing in the in uh, in the nightcap. So um, no. that was – it's, you know, holding off the, the Yankees' offense is, seems close to impossible when you guys got – when you got <laughs> guys like Judge um, and staying in the lineup. No. Uh, but they were able to do it. Um, yeah. I think it just they just had Gallo out of the lineup, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just it's uh good to see big series win there, 
Now they play the Boston Red Sox uh, starting on Tuesday. Um, uh, and that'll be another great series to, to watch because those are two teams that are kind of on the bubble, kind of still uh, yeah. trying to see yeah who they are. Um, and then they play the Cubs for two games. So uh, before we get into the Crosstown talk a little bit, um, what uh, do you expect uh, the, the White Sox to do against these uh, Red Sox? I think, I think that that Sox and Sox series can go pretty much uh, either way. I do think the White Sox have a little bit less of an identity crisis going on in terms of what they want to do this year. I think the Red Sox are still in a what now kind of mode because, you know, they, they're really not competing all that much. You, you kind of got the Yankees, not even kind of, you got the Yankees running away with it. You got Tampa Bay right there. You know, I don't think the Blue Jays are going to are gonna fall off anytime soon. Maybe they go back and forth with the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox are really just trying to figure out, okay, if we're not competing by July or August, what are we trying to accomplish here? Now, Trevor's story is having a great year. He, he's, he's been on fire the past few days. I know we're going to touch on that in a bit too. Um, I, think, I think it's just a matter of, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Red Sox win this series. The Sox are, <laughs> the White Sox are a very, uh, they're a very up and down team right now, but I think they do have some momentum coming out of New York. Um, you know, the Red Sox aren't playing bad either. They've won their last five. So no, it can go either way. It can go either way with this team, with this series. I think it's a very, uh, these are two very similar teams playing each other, but I'm still going to give the edge to the White Sox just because of, where what they are trying to accomplish they know where they want to go and i think the red sox are kind of in a what do we want to do if this isn't working out kind of scenario oh that yeah that's true like the red sox uh i still think they have a lot of holes a lot of areas of concern yeah um all over the field um and yeah they've been playing a little better i know like you said about trevor story he's been uh, carrying the offense uh these past uh this past week um, but yeah, no, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. I know, um, the, the way the, that the Red Sox have played, um, they hope to at least, you know, be that sixth spot, fifth spot, because they're way back from the, the, yeah. um, the Yankees in first place. So, yeah, yeah. um, it, it, it's one of those things where, uh, it, it's early, but I mean, uh, maybe not when you're, you know, in the same division as the Yankees. I mean, it could, it could yeah. you, you know, you can make an argument that it's over already. So, uh, but, yeah, yeah. um, you know, we'll see with that. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, so now to the Crosstown talk. It's going to be the, the second and final series uh, between the White Sox and the Cubs this weekend. It is another two-game series. Um, so, um, oh. yeah, right. <laughs> I Stop know. doing that. <laughs> I know. Hopefully, it was two threes, man. Gosh. What yeah, are we yeah, doing? Hope- Hopefully next year with that, you know, with the, with the realign schedule and, like, you know, everybody faces each other once thing. Yeah. I hope – at least like if you if they give us like maybe like even if they give us one series if it's if it's a four game series i'll take that but yeah just two 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 game series is like yeah i don't like that's kind of whack so yeah yeah yeah. hopefully you know give us something more but uh for the cubs it's almost for you know it's almost like for the the playoffs for the cubs at this point just because i mean they don't have much to look forward to um, when it comes to the season. So yeah, it's, yeah. you know, they, they play, they got to play their best, you know, baseball against the White Sox. Um, and yeah. they, I feel like the, the series they played at Wrigley uh, was still, you know, uh, well played in general for both teams. Yeah. Um, 
but the you know obviously the White Sox took two games, um, and it was rainy and it was you know ugly. But um, what do you expect uh, going into this second series uh, between these two teams? Uh, obviously on on different uh, uh, parts of the baseball world. Uh, but what do you expect? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sox take two more. Um, but you know, anything can happen. Baseball is a game of surprises and upsets and weird stats that you never thought existed until they were pointed out. Um, but you know, two games, two games in the South side and in the, in the Sox team that plays with, with playing with a lot of momentum right now. And, you know, I think if they come off as another series win with, with the Red Sox, uh, you know, I think they're going to have a little bit of the edge there, but you know, anything can happen, but I do, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sox take two of those games, but you know, would love to be proved wrong. Yeah. And the pitching matchup is pretty interesting too. You know, you got uh, a Dallas Keuchel who's pitching really well right now. Yeah. Uh, looked really yeah. good against the Yankees too, again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Wade Miley, who's doing really well for the Cubs. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, also then on Sunday, um, it'll be Johnny Cueto against Drew Smiley. And uh, Cueto, like we talked about before, is doing really well as uh, in his first two starts with the Sox. But Drew Smiley's also been uh, very respectable for the Cubs. Um, I know yesterday he had five shutout innings. Like he gave up a few runs in the sixth, I believe it was. Um, but he's been pitching pretty well for them too um, overall. So I think, yeah, I think ultimately with the way the Sox are, are, are playing, I think they're going to go in, probably take two out of, two out of three. I'm honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a sweep of the Red Sox just because of, like you said, the momentum and stuff like that. Yep. So if they come in red hot like that, probably going to take another two games out of the, out of the, uh, the Cubs, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be good to see. Maybe they, the Cubs can salvage a split, um, and, and, and have a little more, uh, wisdom, uh, stuff go on. So, um, uh, I know that'll be a fun series regardless. Um, so now we'll move on to, uh, other, uh, topics around Major League Baseball. Now, one of the things I really wanted to uh, get into, uh, we were talking a little bit about the Yankees before, um, but stadium talk. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the you know, Camden Yards and Yankee Stadium because a couple of weeks ago there was a lot of chatter about, oh, the short porch for Yankee Stadium and yeah. this and that and you know all oh, they only hit a home they only hit a lot of home runs because they have a short porch over there yeah. this home you know i think it was chris woodward the manager of the texas rangers saying that you know uh something about calling it like a little league ballpark or something like that yeah. um and i was kind of i don't know i think it's just a, such a tired topic when it comes to the yankee stadium is a tired, tired topic because people always talk about that stuff and it's like yeah. dude your team's playing there too so it's like you 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 have you know, uh, if you're going to complain, it's like, just do the same thing the Yankees doing, like hit it over the short porch over there. And right. It's like, <laughs> yeah. and, and another thing too, is like, what other sport do you have where the stadiums are, or the fields are in different dimensions? And, and yeah. it's a whole, like, I, I, I don't know why people complain about it. It's like, I think it's pretty like, it's, it's a cool thing in baseball to see like, Oh, and th- it would be a home run in this, in this stadium, but not in this one. Like, it's just like, it, it's, yeah. not, it's, it's one of those quirks that I think actually works in the favor of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll we'll get into more of the Camden uh, talk, but uh, what do you what are your thoughts? So like overall, and just the Yankee Stadium and, and, and the short porch talk and all that. Uh, you know it is it is what it is. I think it's one of the things that is one of, like like you just said. It's one of the most unique things about baseball is every stadium is so different. So yes, with the Yankees, it is a very very short right and left field you know porch there. Um, that's okay. Um, 
because you know your team is playing there as well. You're both playing in the same in the play, in the same stadium. Now you know maybe maybe the Yankees do have a little bit more of an advantage just because they're always playing there and you know taking BP there and the Yankees they sign players based on how they're going to dominate at Yankee Stadium and all these other things. That's why it's why Joey Gallo's a Yankee for the most part. Um, it's because of Yankee Stadium. Um, and also defensively, he's great, but, you know, that's no here or there right now. But it is, you know, it's one of the cool things about baseball that makes baseball so cool. I I love it. I love it. Uh, every stadium is so different. <laughs> and and I think I think it, one of the main – why it frustrates fans so much is it's because it's the Yankees. Um, Yankee, the Yankees and Yankees fans are, are very loud. Uh, so <laughs> – when they, when they, you know, you have this element added to what the Yankees are, you know, people, people probably do get a little bit more irritated about it, you know, as compared to the Red Sox, because, you know, it's, it's very similar to the Red Sox. If you look down their right field line, you know, more towards the pole, obviously. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And it's cool. It's cool. You just got to adjust. You're always, it's a game of always adapting and adjusting wherever you go. And you know that you know that that that's what makes it unique from every other sport. So I love it. And yeah, and another, th- another thing too is um, staying in that same division with Camden Yards and the Baltimore Orioles. They moved their uh, their left field wall back. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know the exact dimensions, but they moved it back quite a bit. And then they, it it, it's kind of yeah yeah no. <laughs> so I would say yeah it's it's hideous and it's like it's like a baby like a baby green monster almost like the way yeah. it's set up and stuff, but. Yeah, that, that one has gotten a lot of uh, talk, you know, the, these past uh, couple months now, and just how I think I think the it was the Yankees uh, that hit the first home run, the first they had the first right hander to hit a home run over left field this season, and it's like in May. Um, and if it wasn't the first, <laughs> it was like the second. I was like, dude, that's ridiculous, you know. And yeah. It was, but it, what was also funny is that when they were talking about that in the game, is it, the Orioles went on to hit like two home runs. Over the left field wall, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. but yeah, but it, but it's just it, what, what, like you know, we're obviously roasting it, but like, what, what did you think, uh, or what, do you, what do you think uh, initially of seeing Camden Yards in that wall in left field? I remember reading about it during the winter, and I looked at the designs, and I was like, "Don't do that." Uh, I don't like it. I don't. There's this weird, uh, there's this weird thing with you know the the commissioner and a couple of other people in the game of baseball where they are trying to kind of diminish the, the offensive side of baseball uh, for them to, to not only move it back, but raise it the way they did. And it just looks so disproportionate and ugly. I just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it. You know, it's, it's still the big leagues players just looking to be able to put the ball over the wall. Um, definitely at a, at a lesser pace for sure. Um, but there's still going to be plenty of home runs over, you know, on that side of the field. Um, but I just don't think it was necessary. I don't think it was necessary at all. Maybe if, if they are, if they were that, you know, frustrated about it, I understand maybe five feet and then raise the wall a little bit more. Um, but to significantly push it back like a hairline, I just, uh, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron's hairline, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They messed up. They messed up the Camden Yards hairline, and it didn't deserve. <laughs> they didn't, it, didn't, it didn't deserve that. I don't. I don't. I think just raise the wall and push it back a little bit. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't like it. 
They, there was the, that's a big change that didn't need to happen. Offense is offense. Let the players hit. Pitchers got to pitch and make pitches. We, we, we can't keep doing this all the time, but, you know, it is what it is. And and uh, I was actually uh, talking to my buddy who's, who's a Yankees fan, and we're say, he was saying how um, it's just funny seeing it from a Yankees perspective. I mean, just, they hate it so much. I mean, it's funny because it, it's not, and it's not even just the the uh, Yankee players or your Yankee fans, um, because it's also the Orioles. I mean, Trey Mancini came out over the weekend saying how he hates it too. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, as as, as yeah. a, a front office, you know, that I'm sure wants Trey Mancini there for a, a while longer. It must be tough to hear that from one of your best players, if not your best player. So, yeah. um. That's you know uh, frustrating from the, on their uh, end, but yeah, no, it, it's and it's because I feel like uh, I heard from a lot of Yankee fans also just them saying that they moved it back because of the Yankees, because of the guy, the offense they got, because they face them so much, and you know I know Glaber Glaber Torres hit like fifteen home runs against them <laughs> like a couple of years ago, so um, maybe they just like had enough. And but it but uh, my buddy was saying he's like you know why don't they like they should instead of spending money on a wall is like spend money on pitching to stop the guys that are hitting home runs over the wall. Um, so if your players yeah. time to develop and you know eventually they're going to start putting the ball over the wall at, at the same exactly. pace. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, on a on a on a positive note from the Orioles though, um, is that it was good to see uh, Adley Rutschman finally uh, get the call after so long. Oh, what a beautiful um, moment! Wow. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like I haven't heard I've I've heard of Adley Rutschman for like ten years, and I have yet to see him play. <laughs> um, so it was good to it's good to see him switching catcher. Um, uh, what what are you like? I don't know if you saw a couple of his at bats. I know I saw a couple of his at bats over the weekend. Uh, but what what are you? What are your thoughts on Adley Rutschman and just the way that the that the Orioles handled it? A lot of people questioned it because it was more of like it was kind of like the Chris Bryant thing where they, for example, he could have he, I mean, could have he should have started the season with the Orioles. You could even say that about last year. So um, I know he's had a lot of injuries uh, that's kind of uh, faltered his his um, uh, um, his minor leagues seasons over the years. But yeah, it could he could have been here and should have been here way earlier. Um, but, yeah, what are your thoughts on the way they handled it and, and just seeing him overall as a player? Well, I'm glad they finally brought him up when, you know, they did. Um, you know, the, the, this kid, this kid is so talented. He's such a, he's such a talented hitter and a great catcher um, and a great hitter from both sides. I think, you know, I, I would I would I would point the finger at the Orioles for handling it the way they did. But I guess because of the policies in place. Some teams are kind of forced to do this. Uh, this is something that, that can be changed during the off season, but that is, as we see changing stuff during the off season can be a bit intense when, when, you know, when deals are up, when contracts are up and anything can happen, you know, I think things happen the way they're pretty much supposed to. And, you know, best of luck to him in, in his career and his young career. Um, you know, I haven't really seen too much of his at-bats, if I'm to be honest, but I did see that triple that he had. And just to see him, just to see him book it around the bases and have his family there smiling. And then in the beginning of the game, when he took the field and, you know, took a second to just take it, everything in, just turn around and watch the fans and look around the stadium. It's like, yeah, man, you're there. Like, you're, you're, you're there. Just loving it. Congratulations. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's every moment that players like me dream about and, it's just it's awesome. So I think I think he has a good head on his shoulders, and you know I think there's a lot to look forward to him. I think his development will definitely depend 
on the Orioles for sure because uh, they have a very uh, gifted player in Adley Rushman. So let's see what happens. And that's something the Orioles need overall is just something to cheer for a yeah. guy like Adley Rutschman. Um, yeah. I touched a little bit on Trey Mancini, but yeah, they need a guy like, like that to take the mantle to, to, to be the guy in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, yeah. They haven't really had one uh, since like maybe like uh, Manny Machado or like Chris Davis, uh, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's good to see. I know um, some of the young talent and you said that the young talent eventually is going to be, you know, mashing home runs. I mean, yeah. the guys like Cedric Mullins also look pretty good. So it's like yeah. they have, you know, and you really look at it, it's like, I, and I heard it, I think the other day it was on MLB Network or something. And they were saying how like the Orioles, they have really young, talented pieces. Uh, but the only problem is that the AL East is just so good. So like what they were saying, oh, like the, the, Astros uh, had success um, because the West didn't have their act together, um, but and the Cubs had success because the Central didn't have their act together when it comes to young cores. Um, so, yeah. not that uh, overall, not that the Orioles have the same type of core, uh, right. but they're even even at you know at this pace because uh, I think um, when you look at the standings, they're they're in last place, but they're like I think they have like the the exact same record as the Cubs. So I think it like seven, yeah. like they had like seventeen wins or something. So yeah. it, they're I think closer than people think, but definitely the 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 new postseason format will help them. Um, but they're gonna need a little more uh, than Adley Rutschman for sure. Um, and then yeah, so a, a couple other notes. I know Max Scherzer's out for six to eight weeks with an oblique oblique strain. Uh, that's tough to see again, just because Mets are playing so well. And Degrom already out, um, yep. and they have they have guys to like you know back them up, and you know mm-hmm. McGill's pitching well, and 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 uh, Chris Bassett, whatever. So they they have a little bit of depth there, but it's it's it is uh, rough to see that. Uh, Trevor Story, as you mentioned before, he's killing it, finally hitting bombs for the uh, Red Sox. I know he hit two the other day, um, so he's he's really uh, racking up hits for them finally. Um, oh, yeah. And then uh, also, uh, what I thought was. Um, kind of funny to see was um i actually um had a, a buddy send me uh this um screenshot of Fangraphs uh, uh um weighted runs created plus uh for teams right and uh this buddy sent me uh, my buddy lupe sent me a screenshot of the brewers uh they were there in against when you take out uh those teams like the uh when you take out the nl central teams uh, the Brewers are last in weighted runs created plus um, uh, in Major League Baseball. So I thought that was uh, honestly jaw-dropping uh, because of the fact that, you know, how, um, you know, they're they're in first place of the uh, NL Central at 26 and 16, one of the best teams in the, in the NL. But when you look at that, it just shows the weakness of the NL Central and what that does and what that might mean for the Brewers in the postseason because – there i think but i think what i've always said and a lot of people don't like divisions and i i get this uh we i talk about this with with uh buddies in general about divisions and uh whether they should be you know a thing or not what at least they probably won't be in the future i think i think this the aligned schedules uh kind of working to eliminate divisions but i like i do like the fact that um that I, i like that about baseball where you have a division you have a weak division but you're gonna get exploited, like it's 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 inevitable. You know, you know, it's it's unavoidable. Yeah. Like, yeah. how many times have we seen, like, for example, the Twins win the Central, 
and then you know uh, you know beat a weak central and then you know losing the playoffs in the first round so like i think i like that about divisions i like that you know you'll you're gonna beat yeah, for me, it kind of reminds me of soccer, too. And, like, in soccer, I know, like, for example, like, when you go to the World Cup, a lot of teams, you know, you're kind of thinking, like, oh, how does this team make it? Or how does this team make it? And it's like, oh, they had a weak region. <laughs> and then they go to, like, yeah. in, in, they, they get eliminated in the, in, in the group stage. They lose, like, mm-hmm. all three games. So, yeah, yeah it's it, I kind of like that, you know, you're the best of that region. You're the best of that division. But you're going to get, you know, called out eventually. You're going to get, you know, smacked eventually. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, what are, your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's – when I was looking at that, I was like I, – I wouldn't say I'm exaggeratingly surprised, but it was something, like, I expected them to be higher on the list, not last. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not too surprised just because – just as, you know, as we're talking about it, I've always, I've always – I've never thought of the Brewers very highly as an offensive team. Um, and that is in no, in no way disrespecting anyone on that, on that team. Um, but I've never, I've never held them in too high of a regard um, offensively, um, you know, especially, especially in terms of scoring runs, they're 100% more of a base to base team. They're, they're a team that has power in Kristen Yelich and Rowdy Telez. Um, but you know what? That's kind of where it stops. I don't. I don't think Andrew McCutcheon is that kind of player. I think he is a player who's going to drive in a lot of runs, but he isn't someone who um, who who is all that consistent. Um, this is a team that isn't the most consistent, <laughs> and like we just talked about with the divisions in baseball, that that's one of the reasons why they are who they are right now. It's because they play in the Central. But I do believe if you take the Brewers. And put them in, in in many other divisions that I could think of in my head, NL or AL. I don't think they're. I don't think there is. They have the record they do. I don't think they have the success they do. Um, just because I, I don't. I don't think offensively they are a team that you look at and you're like, wow. You know what I mean? So I just you know, I'm not. I'm not too surprised. I'm not too surprised when I when I see that they do generate a lot of base hits. This is a team that does get on base a lot, but in terms of scoring runs in terms of how they're driving in runs you know i don't i don't think they're they're elite so i'm not too surprised by you know what i just learned and the one thing too that i looked that i thought was um kind of uh eye-opening too was just the fact that how good of a season rowdy telez is doing yeah and like that like but uh, but i but at the same time if that's you know, one of your best hitters, you know, what does that say about your offense? You know, no disrespect to yeah. Roddy Tellez, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you have, when you have guys in the lineup, like, you know, Christian Yelich or, um, uh, you know, Willie Adamas, uh, yeah. you know, you know, guys like that, you know, you have guys yeah. struggling like Kesson Hira and general yeah. McCutcheon, you know, uh, it, it's concerning. It's, it's, in, uh, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, good for him in general. Uh, uh, um, you love to see that he's mostly been like a role player and now he's getting a starting role mostly now in, in Milwaukee. Yeah. So yeah, uh, good for him. Yeah, yeah. Good, good for him there. Especially with um, Vogelbach now, you know, in Pittsburgh and, you know, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Vogelbach. I mean, and he's, he's hitting well in Pittsburgh, probably going to hit mm-hmm. his way out of Pittsburgh. So, yeah. um, that's going to yeah. be, you know, something else to look at. And when talking about Yelich too, he could be hitting better when it, in a results Mm-hmm. Uh, perspective but he actually uh this is another thing too i was looking at uh because like i said i was like kind of on a uh, baseball savant binge it just seeing it looking at his numbers 
I mean, his his uh the way his peripherals look really well right now. Look really good for a guy that is struggling from a results perspective. So in my so the way I see it is, I think Yelich is going to start hitting real soon because of just the way you know he's hitting the ball hard and and he like I think for him too is like there's no way that he's this player that he's been in 2021. And in 2020, like, you know, like, I, there, yeah. I, I, I don't know. There's got to be – something's got to give. Um, so, and, and, like, I know I was looking at uh, – when I was looking at Savant page, I mean, it was just all red. I mean, he's got – you know, he's in the 90 percentile for, like, mm-hmm. uh, average exit velocity, uh, max exit velocity, hard hit rate, uh, um, uh, ex-WOBA, uh, expecting batting average, uh, expected slugging. So he's, he's barreling up stuff, and he's hitting the ball hard. And it, so it's just about, you know, like, it'll come for him. Um, but, yeah, like, is that something that you expect from Christian Yelich? Like, you expect it to, to come back? Because um, he could easily come out here and, and win comeback player of the year if, you know, he puts a good season together this year. 100%. He's such a, uh, he's such a seasoned player. Um, and, I, and even, you know, I, he's, really, he's really not hitting terrible this year either. You know, he has 37 hits, nine doubles. Uh, he's he's hit five over the wall, twenty RBIs. I don't think, you know, the, the batting average is what it is, but I think to a certain extent, um, I'm not saying we have to get over the batting average, but we can't let that stand out so much in some cases, because uh, I do think he has been a productive hitter this year, a better hitter this year already than he was last year. You know, he he he's, he's so mature. I, I don't see any reason why um, why he doesn't have a good year and why he doesn't continue to heat up even more. Um, just because I think he has gone through his struggles these past few seasons, um, but I don't I don't see that lasting. I don't see that lasting very long. Just to, just because of who he is and um, you know how control he is of who he is as a player and himself. Uh, you know, big fan of Christian Yelich. I, I don't I don't you know I wouldn't be surprised if he you know finishes this year very very strong. Yeah, and, and yeah, he's one of those really. Um cool guys in in the league and just loves to have yeah. fun and and i've seen yeah. plenty of interviews with him so he's really like smart baseball player so yeah really uh as much as, as much as i dislike the brewers really want to see him succeed so um, hopefully <laughs> yeah. uh he gets he gets it uh gets those results soon um yeah so i mean that just about wraps things up for for this week of at bat baseball podcast uh for saul rodriguez uh and miles porter uh this was a war war media production Uh, So I hope everyone has a great week, and we will see you next week.